Grace to you and peace from God the Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, a brief lectionarial note seems in order. The uh, epistle for this week is um, primarily James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, which was read just a moment ago. But there is an option, actually, to read the entire chapter. And what I'd like to do is front this morning's message with uh, verse 12, which reminds us or exhorts us, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or earth, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. On including that verse, Luke Timothy Johnson in his Anchor Bible volume on the letter of James argues, and I'm pretty well persuaded, that it marks a transition from warnings against such uses of speech as grumbling and quarreling and so forth to positive modes of speech, he says, in the community. Now, we may be familiar enough with James's letter and how he uses the terminology of tongue to describe speech throughout his letter. In the first chapter, we're urged to be quick to hear, slow to speak. He expresses concern for bridling the tongue and says in chapter 3 that the one who can bridle his tongue can control the rest of his body as well. Also in chapter 3, he uses a couple of similes and metaphors. One is that the tongue is like a ship's rudder, a rather small member but with enormous influence. The tongue is a fire a restless evil. In short, we can do blessing and cursing, writes the apostle, with speech. On the matter of not swearing by heaven or earth, but letting yes be yes and no, no, is a contrast between the way of the world and its use of speech and the way of the church. The way of the world is to assert truth or importance by saying it louder or by punctuating it with profanities, swearing by creation or by the creator. Captain Kirk in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, says to Spock as they're traipsing around in San Francisco in the 20th century, I suppose it is, nobody pays attention to you unless you swear every other word. The way of the church on the other hand, is or is to be to say simply what is, quietly to speak what we have received, what we believe. For example, our opposition to embryonic stem cell research, and especially here in Missouri, to oppose Missouri Amendment 2 must not be shrill, but calm, reasoned, on the basis of the existing science, and on the basis of the doctrines of the faith. The bulk of our reading focuses then on the way of the church's speech as individuals and as a community, how we are to respond to life's situations, how our speech patterns are and are to be rooted in our relationship with God and in the speech patterns of that relationship. Prayer, conversation with God, informs and influences our conversations with others, especially inside the community. 
The primary verb forms of verses 13 and 14 are jussives, and they reflect the constructive speech patterns which the small catechism urges under the second commandment, to call upon the name of the Lord in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. If anyone is experiencing bad stuff, let him pray. If one's present circumstances bring good cheer, let him sing. If one has become sick or weak, and asthaneo is more than a physical illness, let that one call for the elders of the church, of the community, and let them pray in that one's behalf. The point is that the Christian community is a community. Individual believers pray and praise, to be sure, but there are situations when it is important for the community as a whole to rally around one of its members. It is important for the community to respond as a community. James doesn't use the body and members motif that St. Paul uses in 1 Corinthians, for example, but the principle of how the church is and how the church does church is the same. The world isolates the sick from the healthy, but the church properly gathers around to aid those who are sick or weak in it. Sickness threatens the identity of the community as community, and so to preserve that identity, the community acts for the well-being of the one. Again, Star Trek, this time, movie three. The search for Spock is undertaken because of the conviction held by Kirk, Scott, McCoy, Uhuru, Chekhov, and Sulu that the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. The prayer of faith, says James, will save or heal, multivalent sozo, and the Lord will raise up This is not simply hospital language, but that of resurrection and of the resurrection. Now, if, perhaps, even if, sins be what the one in need has done, this too will be forgiven to him. James has enlarged the scope of sickness explicitly to include moral as well as physical or emotional distress. Body and soul, whatever the predicament, the church as community is the place within which to obtain healing, wholeness. And so we are urged not only to give care, but also to receive it by acknowledging our need. Confession and intercession are non-self-aggrandizing. The one requires hard self-appraisal and humility. The other, the accounting of others as more important than ourselves. And so James can observe that very powerful is the prayer of the just or the righteous. It works. And Elijah is his parade example. In this context of constructive speech, speech that helps to build and maintain the community of the church, The closing couple of verses, though they contain no verbs of saying, nevertheless extend the principle. The aim is restoration of a straying brother, and by such restoration the community is preserved. 
the emphasis throughout this reading is on the value of each member to the integrity of the whole community. The gospel informs everything that the apostle urges, but he lets it go rather unsaid, at least in the manner which we would prefer it to be said. So let's make explicit what James leaves implicit. There would be no community at all, no way to talk as James does about God who gives generously or about the coming of the Lord, or about doing things in the name of the Lord, were it not for the one who, though he was healthy and we were sick, did not separate himself from us. For the Son of God, the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few, even of the one. And so he did not count his godness something to be clutched at all costs, especially at the cost of God's human creation. Rather, he emptied himself to take on human flesh and frailty. He suffered death on the cross. The living one in whom there is no death submitted to death. The healthy for the sick, the living for the dead. And God raised him from death The prayer of the just man in Gethsemane actually and ultimately did work. Jesus is the Word of God, the Word made flesh. His incarnation is the unique speech act of God, the Word which is reconstructive. It builds us and all who believe into a reconciled and restored community. This Word has brought us back wanderers from the truth, saved our lives, body and soul, and covers our sins. To God, all praise and glory. Amen.